are listening to WHOA Podcast, coming to you from Gainesville, Florida. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the WHOA GNV Podcast. Man, I am so, <laughs> I am so, so pumped about this episode for so many reasons. And it's not only because Angela is here. It's because Taylor is here, too. We've been trying to connect for so long. But, guys, so we have two incredible guests on the episode. We have the creative... I can't say the word creative. This is what happens early in the morning. Everybody's going to start beating me up about my intros. Um, We have creative director of the live storytelling organization, Guts and Glory, GNV, and the director of Guts and Glory Creative Consulting, Taylor Williams. Taylor, welcome. How are you doing today? Thank you. I'm doing great. Awesome. And... And that's, <laughs> that's Ty making sure that we know he's still here. And uh, we also have Angela Rennick, the founder and owner of AV Events, an amazing event planning company right here in Gainesville, Florida. Team mom to the new Scooters for Less team and personal assistant to me, Colin Austin. <laughs> and I'm sure we'll share a little bit of that. But um, sure Angela, will. thank you for coming and being on the podcast. You're welcome, You're the Colin. bestest. <laughs> so we're going to get into your origin stories in just a second, but but Ty, you already made some noise over there, so what's up? <laughs> yeah, it's my new uh, hype music. Hey, what do you think of all the July <laughs> July husband and wife episodes? I think they're going to be pretty awesome. I'm, I'm excited to hear them. That was cool, right? Yeah, it was so much fun. Day. Like I'm excited to see, uh, one, how they all came out, because I haven't, I haven't watched them all back yet, but during the podcast, mm-hmm. I thought they went great. And then, um, dude, we got to do that again. Yeah. I don't know if that becomes like a yearly thing or, or something, but... That's that was pretty a good awesome. Idea. It was it was awesome. Yeah. Just husband. Hey, do you really like working with each other? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> some of the questions got got interesting. <laughs> exactly. So These are getting real. <laughs> it was it was a lot of fun. But Ty, what's going on in the best of Gainesville world, my man? All sorts of stuff, man. We're we're uh, gonna have a really busy July, so trying to get everything solved. I'm so um, glad this episode airs in August. Yeah. So, um, on that note, though, we're recording a Best of Gainesville podcast as well. It's a weekly podcast where we just give you like a quick update, a quick bite of what's going on each weekend, um, about eight to ten minutes long, and you can find it on iTunes at Bog Weekly or Best of Gainesville Weekly Podcast, and it's been fun. Um, giving the WHOA GNV a little plug each week to let them know who's on, and uh Running that podcast separately has been kind of crazy. So the intros, so, the intros are hard. The intros are hard. Yeah, yeah, like giving the introductions, yeah, right? Definitely. So what's um? So it's only ten minutes long. How long is it? Yeah, eight to ten minutes. We're just plugging uh, like five things to do over the weekend. What's the platform that you're doing it on? We're doing it on Tess, which is a local startup um, out of Gator Hatchery, actually. That just oh, moving sweet. over to a starter space. Yeah, pretty cool guys. All right, so you're doing on Tess. So a Gainesville startup. To do the pod, I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. And you can find it on all the other platforms, but they're actually going to be a podcast platform where you can listen to podcasts via their app. So, what are you doing right now? You're just uploading it to Instagram or Instagram TV or a little bit of everything. So, we're going to okay. try out IGTV this week and and see how it goes. Still trying to learn. I know we uh, screwed up the times last week, but I think we now both know what it what they are yeah podcasting is hard yeah. <laughs> so really well, cool hard. man yeah yeah i've definitely i definitely checked out the the first episode that you did so you've done two now or three or? Uh, we did three yesterday okay so, yeah and that's for this upcoming weekend upcoming weekend so yeah. just all right cool yeah. man that's awesome dude yeah podcasting is taking off now because yeah it's the year of the podcast figure, as we figure out what we're doing um what is your iphone password <laughs> i just got handed a sticky note that says what is your it, it is <laughs> Zero eight two four. Wow. So now the whole world knows, Colin. And mine is. I'll change it tomorrow. <laughs> Should we tell her? So everybody? there you go. <laughs> We're going to go around. My new iPhone password. I know. Other iPhone password. As of the end of this episode, I have a new iPhone password. We just um, showed the face, it would open it. <laughs> My so. routing number. Is. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, like I said before the podcast, it's a giant experiment at this point. <laughs> but as we figure out what we're doing, we do more podcasts and everything else. So it's, yeah, it's cool, man. Awesome. Yeah, the more cross collabs, the better, I think. Yeah, it's, it's exciting. So, well, ladies, thank you so much for being here. I'm super excited to have you both on the show. And thank you. we always like to start with the origin stories and have you like tell us, you know, like what you're doing and how you got here and uh, just a brief 
brief bio of yourselves. And uh, Angela, we'll start with you. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I can ever be so brief. So brief as in how I got into event planning or how I got Let's to know Let's talk you. about that first. All right, so I started back in high school with a photographer who thought um, when his second assistant didn't show up that he should call his office manager, which is what I was, to come help him. And this is when it was film, you know, that aperture and stuff. And I was like, I don't shoot film. (laughs) So I started helping him organize groups. And so that went so well that we finished everything up so well. And he was like, that was the easiest wedding I've ever shot. So I started meeting with his brides Um, from that point forward and helping them get organized before their wedding. And he's like, you make life so much easier and I make more money. So we started that. So I started in high school. So from there, when I moved to Gainesville when I was 19, newly married, um, I laid low thinking I wouldn't go back into doing any of that. Lo and behold, a friend of ours, Garrett Maria, had a horrible rehearsal that lasted two and a half hours should not have done that but they came panicking at our door saying help us for our wedding that's tomorrow which we were going to be guests at um and they said you have to coordinate and i was like we're just going to be guests at it um so it ended up chris and i lo and behold coordinated their wedding and people were like oh my god it's wonderful how long have you been doing this for them how long have you known them and i said well we were leaders with them at North Central Baptist, and they're like, well, you have to coordinate our wedding. I'm like, we literally met with them last night. <laughs> and so from there, we I started doing weddings again. <laughs> so it literally, I've been doing events for 25 years on and off from weekends to weekends. So not only do I do weddings, corporate nonprofits, this is what's so fun about this for me because so, I don't—I didn't even know any of that. Yeah. <laughs> we know each other really well, and I didn't like yeah, so. even know the origin <laughs> of this. So I mean, it was really an accident. I yeah. mean, you really kind of got sucked into it. Yeah, because I came to University of Florida um, on a scholarship, and so I have a bachelor's in microbiology and a minor in immunology because I wanted to be an orthodontist. I'm not using that. (laughs) I actually have a bachelor's in religion as well and a minor in Christian counseling for children. (laughs) I do use the counseling a lot with what I do for my clients. I use that on a daily basis, to be honest. And I really wanted that for me, so. I have some great questions for you. Oh, goodness. uh, This is is gonna be great, but so so everybody knows, because I know everybody's itching at this point to know how you became my assistant. You needed a Christian orthodontist, it sounds like. I know, I know, because those teeth are amazing (laughs) that I don't. So I received this random email. Well, first of all, I met Colin through the family church. Um, We went to church together, so I knew of him. Um, But I did his wedding coordination 10 years ago. And so I... That's um, when we, like, really... That's actually met, yeah. Yeah. And so back in June of 2015, Mm -hmm. yeah because it'll be three years. Um, we, I received this random email from him saying, I'm looking for someone who could be, it came in two different, I mean, it was one email looking for two different things. Um, one was um, an assistant that had certain requirements. Um, and in the end was It was someone. basically, it was basically, hey Angela, I need an assistant that's exactly like you. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I mean that was the, that was the summary because what I had done like I'd bullet pointed I'd wrote out a list of all the qualities that I wanted in an assistant and then I'm like all right who is this person who is this person who is this person <laughs> and the person was her yeah you so just I was knew like, right yeah away. so I like yeah. messaged her I'm That's like beautiful. hey I need a I need to I need a person exactly like you yeah. This might be weird, so, but I need I need you. Yeah, <laughs> I need you. Yeah. So, and then what, what happened after that? And I so remember. I said, well, why don't we meet and let's talk about more so I can figure out how I can help you. And then you also talked about, you know, we need to talk about back to school and my team and how can your company help us to get through that because my team, you know, it's a, it's a nut house, but we need customer service and my team needs to be taken care of and I need to be taken care of, so. That's what I, that's when I really, really realized that we, cause that was June of 15, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, okay, 
No, was it? Yeah. No, because this will be the okay. third. So we, because we had just moved into this mm-hmm. location permanently from right. our other location. Right. And that's what really set it off for me. We got over here and we had never had a June and a July that busy. Right. And I was like, oh my gosh, if June and July is like this, what's August going to be like? And I think that was my first realization, like, I'm in trouble. <laughs> so that's when I headed you up. Yeah. And then you guys came in, crushed it. This, this is what was so great, is like, I'm like, all right, I, I think I'm getting Angela. Angela brings like three other people with her, <laughs> two or three other people with her. Yeah. And I mean, to have, to have people coming into the business and saying, you know, and like, I mean, they didn't know anything about scooter sales necessarily. Like they did learn a lot of it through, through just being around us and everything, mm-hmm. but guests were coming in and it was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like our, you know, our sales team is, is, is busy at the moment. They're with another customer, but you know, can I get you a bottle of water? Can I like sh- show you around a little bit and I'll get somebody right with you. And it was just kind of escorting them or making sure that they were going to the right place. Cause people would come into the showroom and be like, oh, I need to get my scooter service. And they'd be like, oh, well let's like take you out to the service department and get you to the right person. So it was just really kind of facilitating a lot of that. And dude, it was awesome. I mean, I, I actually think more businesses should hire event teams for for like rushes like yeah. that. I mean, mm-hmm. that's something that we've talked about. I'm like, man, like just for the that rush week, or even even if it were just the rush weekend. Right. I mean, we did 75 scooter sales in those two days. Right. And that's just Saturday and Sunday. So like, you start bringing so in Friday and the other days before that. I mean, we we do over 300 scooters in the month of August, and most of those are in that one and a half week span. Right. So it's it, it was crazy. So it was definitely a blessing to have to have her help. And then so September comes around, and it slows back down. And I'm like. I don't want this to end. I know. That's what he says. She's like, you can't leave. And I'm like, yes, I can. I'm like, what do we do? What do we do I to can't keep leave. it? What do we do to keep it here? So, um, and so she's been here ever since. Yeah, so and my team cool. as well, which it's kind of wonky and weird, but it just works. It's, <laughs> this, it works. This oh, office has crazy. just as many people in it during the day as it does right now. I mean, we get a whole crowd of people in here and it's fun. It's, it's definitely a lot of hustle and bustle, but awesome. Well, and again, thank you for everything that you do for this team. She's really, it's become not just my assistant, <laughs> but the assistant to everybody. And, and that's why I like, but really become like a team mom to everybody and just supportive in so many ways. So it's been, been really, really awesome. I truly love so, it. Yeah. So Taylor, welcome. I'm so Thank excited you. you're here. And I'm sorry, like it, it, we were trying to connect. <laughs> and we, this is how the conversation. Are. This is how the conversation went. I have this. I have this great idea. Why don't you just be on the podcast so we can have can time you just together? Make this happen. <laughs> and it was awesome. It's so, so great. And I told you this, but I feel like I should know you because I know your wife Shannon, but also because I live. Should I say this on a podcast? I live in an area, let's put it that way, where um, where your scooters like come through all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm like on some of the practice runs. I see the guys like every, every day. day, over and over and over again. It, it, it's hysterical. Yeah, so we actually have a specific test route that they take. And we actually cre- that is clear. Yeah, we actually we created that just in case somebody were to get into a, an accident or something. And so, like, you're like, man, where, where is so and so? Why aren't they back yet? Then we know that we could take the route and, it's really and find them. So you can come by for a drink or something at my place too. Like, the route, they're probably don't tell them that. They will swing by yeah. every time they go on a test don't drive so if you tell fun. them that. Please. So, well, tell take us a little bit about your story. You know, <laughs> exactly. Tell us uh, what what led you to to Gainesville and and what you do and why you're here and the purpose and all that fun stuff. Okay, cool. And I love um, that you and Angela were connecting on that. Maybe it felt a little bit like a mistake of how you ended up doing what you're doing at various stages because I can really relate to that in my own way. Um, I'm actually from Gainesville, born and raised. And so um, I I was an athlete here. I played volleyball at Florida. And um, through that experience, I actually kind of, I, I think I realized that there were a lot of different parts to me other than just being an athlete. I had been an athlete for so long that that was like really deeply embedded in my personality and my identity, mm-hmm. but that there were all these other sides to who I was. And I wanted to help other women, and specifically I thought at the time, female athletes kind of find their identity and go through transitions out of being an athlete, things like that. 
Um, so I went into mental health and um, I had a degree in business, went into mental health thinking that that's what I would do. Um, I love those degrees. I got them from, from UF here, from counselor education. And then in a completely um, logical move, moved to New York City uh, and started doing television commercials. So there's that. Uh, mental health and, and TV commercials, you know? So, um, and I fell into it. I mean, that was that was another happy accident. Mm-hmm. It was kind of the thing that people wish would happen. I, I met someone who introduced me to their agents and I signed with them. I mean, it was like wonderfully serendipitous, you know? And then um, I had beginner's luck and I, I booked commercials, but here's the thing, I had no idea what I was doing. I mean, I was really thrown in the deep end with this. Um, I think there was a part of me that was used to performing because I had been an athlete. You know, there's some overlap there. So I, um, so I started doing improv comedy to know what it would be like to audition, you know, and kind of be off book. You're, you're reading a script during an audition and they're telling you what to do and how to act and what character you're playing. And then they take it all away and say, okay, do your own thing. I was like, I don't even know what that means, you know? So I learned at Upright Citizens Brigade in New York how to improvise. And it really reminded me of the group process that I had learned about in counseling and the group work that we did. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of co-creating, a lot of um, uh, diving into emotions, uh, a lot of humor in unexpected places. You know, there was, so there were overlaps in my mind. um, And I thought, I wonder if I can put this together someday. So I started doing more scripted work um, and writing sketches and doing theater and and live storytelling once I moved to Washington, Washington, D.C. And uh, kept up my private practice with mental health. So I was coaching. I was doing that on the side, kind of, which is weird. (laughs) And then I did. I combined all of it. And I started doing corporate trainings using improv and storytelling and um, in all over the Northeast and it sort of like caught fire, became a thing and I wasn't the only one doing it in that area. Um, so I did some training with Second City and in DC with, with uh, Washington Improv Theater and DC Improv. So I had a lot of training and then Let's go to games. Let's go home. That's the part I'm like. That's the part I love the most. After all that, okay, so you're like, let's go back to Gainesville. Let me take this home. Right, and believe me when I say, people thought I was kind of crazy. They uh, People they, think I'm crazy so, every day, so I totally get it. <laughs> I don't mind that label. I don't mind that label. Me neither do I. But people, and, and now when I go back to New York and D.C., people almost act sympathetic, like, how's Gainesville? <laughs> like someone's died, you know? And I'm like, it's great, you guys. You have no idea. And the people in Gainesville have no idea how cool Gainesville is, which is, I think, a lot of the mission that yeah. these podcasts and, and you know, tie like a ton of what you do, right? It's like, yeah. Gainesville is really amazing. And so I wanted to be a part of that. Um, part of the reason I moved back is because I was about to have my second child and my family is still here. So motivated by family stuff. Right. Um, and then I got my business off the ground here, and now I still do corporate trainings, I do public workshops, but we also produce live storytelling shows. Um, the goal in the beginning was to do shows quarterly, and by the end of this year, we will have done 21 shows in 20 months. Wow. Wow. Um, Is that one more time? What was it? 21 shows in 20 months, and maybe 22. We'll have to see if that last one works out, but, um, so I so people still think I'm crazy, but I'm having a ton of fun with it and Gainesville is being so responsive to it that we are we do our own traditional guts and glory GNV shows. Um, we usually do them at the Woolly, but now we're getting commissioned to do shows for causes and businesses and things like that. It's really fabulous. fun. Thank you. That's fabulous. It's really cool. I feel so lucky to be doing this wild nutty thing that I thought I would be doing when I was a novice at in comedy no. like 10 years ago. <laughs> you know, for your intro that we gave you, you, yeah. are, you are a creative director. Right. Right, like this is how you look, title yourself, if that's what mm-hmm. I can say, right? Sure. I mean, do you look at yourself as an entrepreneur or more of yes. a creative director? Both, both. I think both. Um, 
Because every time I use we, I mean we as far as I have storytellers, I have amazing volunteers who have like never left my side, you know, things like that. It's sort of, it's sort of me like saying that this is a thing and it became a thing, you know? So mm -hmm. I do consider myself an entrepreneur. I'm very grateful for the training that I had in business. And also my dad was a small business owner. Um, my mom has been super helpful on the business side. She has a different, like a creative um, mind on mm -hmm. the business side. And my dad is very practical. So it's been a wonderful That's mix. Cool. But so, yeah, so I definitely consider myself, and I've made this stuff up in, you know, being inspired by my mentors in other places. Okay, I wanna dive into a little bit of the business stuff then. Like, okay. what, what's, what would you say is the percentage uh, you know, between trainings, workshops, shows, mm -hmm. you know, where is your time being spent based on a percentage? Level? Yeah, that's like, a really that's a really good question. Right now, the biggest percentage is devoted to shows. Okay. Partly because like we, half, more than half, like more than half. Really? I would say probably seventy uh, percent. Wow. Something okay. like that. Yeah. So shows are kind of like our bread and butter right now. That's neat. It is. Yeah. It's it's they're they're so fun. I love. I love doing them, and I think I'm coming to own, just recently, um, coming to really own the fact that people ask me all the time if I use like my counseling degrees in the show. I absolutely do. I think sometimes people come to me with stories and they don't realize how much they're working through. Mm -hmm. I'm, I will be eternally grateful for that training <laughs> as well. I mean, sometimes people get on stage and they're like, oh, now I realize how heavy this is, or, yeah. or that this funny story has more meaning to it than I knew. And yeah. you know, we work through that together. So, um, so it takes more work than just the performance value, but I think I'm coming to own more. This is also entertainment. This is, these are performances. We help people polish real stories about their lives versus just go up there and say whatever. So it's a craft. So I, I do have to, I am a director of these shows. Is you know? it? It's cool. Venting? <laughs> like what happens on these stages? Cause I mean, right. just so anybody who's listening, I haven't seen one, yeah. I haven't been to one. So this is like all new to me. I'm just. Yeah, great, no, yeah. no problem. And um, so venting, when you say, yeah, when you say right. Yeah, when you say, like what do you mean by polished? Right, so I would say that we really try to help people understand that we don't host an open mic format. Okay. It's not stand up, it's not ranting, um, it's not a sermon on the mount, you know, like whatever. Uh, but that people pitch stories to us on a given theme. Gotcha. And we make it we build a cast around that theme and around the story pitches. And then we literally help people build out their own story. So while they're they're the you know uh, master of their own domain and they know that their story, it's their life. But then we say, hey, what are some of the details here? How did this, how did this make you feel? You know, why did this person say this? What did that result in? You know, and help them draw out like the meaning and the relevant details. And so the, the story gets crafted into an eight minute, really concise, fun, energetic story that they then perform. So it's performance art, but it's all real. And so it's different than going up there and just going willy-nilly and saying whatever. So this is like the moth, or if anyone has heard like the moth, or like a staged um, This American Life, I'm more of a podcast form, but that's that's what we do. And do you do them all over? Sorry, no, that's your right. question. Where, uh, where are you finding the people that want to participate in the storytelling? Are, were you reaching out at the start or is people now pitching you all sorts of crazy stuff or cool stuff or whatever? Because <laughs> yeah. it keeps on, cool both well, it keeps on developing. You said 21 shows in 20 months and now I'm starting to see different types of shows and right. it's, it's expanding kind of what you guys are doing for the community. That's right, yeah, exactly. So um, at first it was a lot of recruiting. I think because I had to sort of educate the masses on what <laughs> what is this, yeah. you know? And a lot of first timers come to our shows and are like, geez, I don't, I don't know, my friend told me to come to this, I'll, I'll try it out, you know? So um, at first we were doing a lot of recruiting, but now a lot of people who come and see a show decide they wanna challenge themselves to do it. Oh, so cool. a lot mm -hmm. of the people we work with are terrified to be doing it, which I think is an amazing, it takes a lot of bravery to go up there and do that. It's, it's vulnerable, yeah. you know? 
Um, so it's really neat. But and then I have people messaging me now who say that they see it online and they think it would be a cool idea. They even have to ask kind of like, what is this? It seems like a good idea. And I think I have a story for it. So, I mean, it's getting more and more. There's a lot more variety in what we do, and businesses are also noticing, hey, we've seen that you're doing things. So we're about to do sh shows for Searchlight Yoga, for the Audubon Society of Gainesville, um, hopefully for Pride um, in, in October, and then again in February. I mean, so we're doing all different kinds of shows. So people come out of the woodwork. I mean, it's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And we have regulars too, like storytellers who want to come back and are keeping an eye on our themes, which is really fun. <laughs> Angela, I think she would probably she would probably go and tell a story. I can tell, <laughs> and you shall be you recruited. Could do it. That's, that's why I oh, asked no. about that's why I asked yeah. about the venting part. Like, <laughs> oh no, sometimes I'm like, you know what, venting. No. I'm, I'm gonna go tell tell the story about what happened at New Scooters for us today. Oh no, <laughs> like seal. Oh, lips. if you have a rant, <laughs> let's. No, 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 no. Angela's not gonna let you. No. Team Mom is gonna say no. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Can you tell us? Like, I it, have taught him how to calm down and relax and. <laughs> And soothe and process. Yes, Just good. ask the team yeah. that. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, she's sorry. not. She's not kidding. Angela. I like, am not there, kidding. There's one trait, like, and I and I own it as a leader. I own it. If there is one trait that is my worst trait as a leader, it's definitely reacting to situations versus like absorbing everything in. Taking my time, responding, you know oh, what sure. I mean? It's like I that, that reaction, that short, yeah. it's the short fuse, you know? Like, yeah. I've gotten way better over the years. You know, being a business owner for 14 years, you definitely learn, but it's still like probably the, the toughest thing. Yeah. But he's it's, grown so much. I'm so oh, proud of you now. No, <laughs> yeah. no but seriously. Thanks, <laughs> You know, it's a mix. There's so many things but, like uh, that in business that are a mix because on one hand, you have to be the first responder. You have yeah. to be like right in there. And you. it's better that you have a feeling and emotional reaction to something besides like apathy would be a real problem for your business. True. You know, so finding that balance of like, I do have a reaction to this and now let me walk away, marinate a little bit and, and see where it comes up. But can relate to the emotional reaction to things like what did that mean why did i have an emotional reaction to that and, and where did that come from you know yeah imagine yeah. your team coming to you and saying hey colin uh daniel just got hit by a car on a scooter and you're like i used to react so differently to that yes. and then oh. the next day hey colin alvin just got hit up by a car <laughs> on a scooter not not a car he slipped yeah. right yes. alvin just slipped on the road and <laughs> like dang. the next is that a real like, story the real yes. story yes uh, back, back to, to back, back to back days. days i mean so you can understand when sometimes you react to situations versus respond but i actually did really well you in did those very situations good so. i had to be like but i'm just calling say, with bad news but <laughs> this one's really serious <laughs> Like there's, worse than the one yeah. day before. There's a lot but. of crazy stories in my, in my life. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk. Yeah. <laughs> Lots so, of breathing well, exercises. Can, can you yeah. share a story with us or like somebody who just like really stood out? Was there, has there ever been that, that one story that just like wowed you? Oh, there, there's, there's honestly a lot. I mean, lot I, I have a special place in my heart for all of the storytellers because of the gravity of so what they're telling. And we have different styles of shows, which is an important thing to know too. Um, mm. Most of our styles, uh, our shows have an upbeat kind of style, but sometimes things get pretty serious. Um, one thing I, one thing that comes to mind when you ask me that question is, there's sort of this magical moment. It was our third show. I think it was a year ago, it was in June. And Gail Johnson, who is now a leader of our city, right? Mm -hmm. She told a story with us and she was terrified. She was terrified. Um, she, she joked with me, I think very half joking that she wanted to bail the, um, the, the day of the show because she was so nervous, she felt sick, whatever. So she, um, and she told this beautiful story about taking her elderly grandmother to the Obama inauguration. And it was this magical sort of otherworldly story. Well, she, she makes it through the story and she comes off stage and she's kind of shaking and she's like, I can't believe I did it, I did it. She just felt so proud and accomplished that it, it flowed out of her in this way that it hadn't before. 
And, and it was just this beautiful moment. The next week she asked me to meet with her and she tells me that the reason she had to tell a story is because it was the last thing she had to do before she decided if she could run for office. And then she starts like on her journey. And I love that as an example. It's like, I, wow. I often don't know why people need to get up and tell a story, but there's usually a deeper meaning to why they do. Yeah. And it can be about healing. It can be about proving something to themselves. It can be because they just need to go do something that's different. I've had people take my workshops before because they, they're having issues in their relationship and they felt like they needed to try something new. I mean, it's, you know, people bring all kinds of things. So I love that story about Gail because that's something that may or may not ever happen again. Will probably never happen again on our stage. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, it's a really unique example. Wow. What she's a, great. <laughs> what's the difference between the storytelling shows and the workshops? What what is take yeah. me through like a quick workshop for like if Colin and I came in, what, oh do, what are we doing in this workshop? So awesome. <laughs> so our most popular workshop is called Improv for Storytelling. So a lot of people think that something like improv is is an opposite is the opposite of storytelling, or a lot of people think that improv and um, stand up are opposites, right? One is scripted, one is made up, things like that. But really, I think they inform each other. I've done them for so long, it's like they are so related. So we are a workshop like that takes some of the rules and lessons and takeaways from the crafts of improv and storytelling and put them together. So we have people doing improv exercises and then sitting down and writing about what that brought up, like what stories that brought forward. And they see how what they're making up on the spot that seems like came out of left field mm. is usually inspired by something they already know. So it's just trying to show people, You, everyone tells me all the time, oh, I don't really have any stories, my life is boring. Wrong girl, don't tell me that, because I will help you find one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think we're all walking around like living stories. So anyway, it's to help people find those stories that they believe aren't there and then fine tune them to make them something that is real and salient that they can walk away and work on and potentially put it on our stage. Dang, very cool. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like that can attribute itself to real life situations too. Absolutely. You know, I, I teach golf a couple times a week, do a full day of teaching and sometimes I'll, you know, I'm working with a kid or a pro or someone else and I'm telling stories of how to do things and a lot of it's improv work to see like what makes them tick, how they think, what what's going on and I'll find something back, you know, from a long time ago that, you know, I think about and works for them and then I use that story again and again and again and, it, and it keeps kind of building how I do things in that world but also kind of in just collaborating with people and meeting new people. It's you learn to listen to people different ways and you know understand how to make them feel good and get the most out of them or how to make them comfortable in a medium maybe they're not. Um, especially kind of what we do on social and video and different things, trying to get people comfortable on camera, make them believe in their business, believe in themselves. I mean, it's, it's storytelling all day, every day. And uh, you know, I think it's a very powerful thing that most people could obviously get better at, but they need to work towards. And yes. uh, you know, even this, I mean, this is improv yeah. big time. So, so, yeah. so, okay, so with that said, have you ever had That's anybody? That's a great point, yeah. Have you ever had, and I'm gonna ask you the same question, okay. actually, but in a different, different okay. way. Um, have you ever had anybody get up there and just be like a complete disaster? And then you're just like you like had to pull them off, or you had to like or like soothe them and be like it's okay. Like like, is there any you know in your mind? Has there ever been one of those moments where you're like, oh my gosh, what do I do? <laughs> well, the only the only thing I can think of is we've had a couple of examples of you know they have a ten minute time limit and it just goes on. Really, you're like, whoa, where did all oh, of this come too from? You know, and so as a what's tough about that position? That's a hard position to be in. Um, as the director because you want to give someone the space that they need but also because they are polished and they're given a time span and we have timed them and we have practiced it and we have rehearsed it's it can be very frustrating for me so when you're talking about having those gut reactions you know and i'm like what is going on i just have to sort of like chill and know that they're going to get to the end but that's the thing that's hardest there have been a couple of situations where 
people have had more of that emotional reaction that they're not expecting. They didn't have it in practice. Right. They didn't have it themselves. Mm-hmm. And uh, and working and it's never a disaster, but it's just a moment where I'm seeing it happen. I, I have a pretty high intuition and I can feel it happening. And we do we have to do some patchwork after this. And that's OK. That's part. I consider that part of my job. So it's not a disaster, but that can be really difficult when it's mm-hmm. unexpected. Yep. You know. All right, so let's bring it's, this into the wedding planning. I was going to okay? say, this is this I'm is sure I knew because, that this is coming. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what form the question's which. coming in. Well, but. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be straight up with Angelo. When I knew that you were going to be on the podcast, oh, gosh. I'm like, hey, he team, what questions Oh no! would you want to get answered that you have never had answered before? So oh, I, did I you pulled, really? Yeah, I did. Oh, gosh. So... Oh, but man. this is related, right? <laughs> Everybody wants to know the worst Bridezilla moment you've had. Like, what's like what's oh, been? Oh, I have like, one. The disaster. I have have of one. A wedding. So did not know that my bride was bipolar um, until she got to the reception, and she stood up on her <laughs> space right now. Her table, <laughs> of and she demanded that um, she speak to the caterer because she said the food was all wrong. And I was like, it's not wrong, I promise you. And she's like, I wanna speak to the gator right now and the band's too soft. And I'm like, it is not. And I am not bringing out the cater until you step down and you sit down. And she just stood there and the groom is sitting down and just shoveling in his food. Just, and I'm like, oh my God, he's probably thinking how fast can I annul the marriage? Like, and she was just, out, I mean, like, and I was like, oh my gosh. And so, I mean, some of you know that I have a child that has, you know, some mental issues. So we have gone through counseling for many years. So I definitely knew how to handle, and I had no idea that she had mental. And her family is just like over there eating, chilling out. (laughs) And I'm like very calmly speaking. And I'm like, so until you sit down, I am not bringing him out. And she was like, so she, I help her down. I said, now when you sit down, I'll bring him. And so the caterer's like, I am not coming out to speak to her. (laughs) And I'm like, you will be. And you're bringing her an entire piece of chicken, not cut up, so she will see that it's a whole chicken. And you're gonna bring sauce on the side and pour it on the chicken so she'll be happy and content, please. So I'm like smiling. But because she didn't want to pay for everybody to have a whole piece of chicken, she only wanted to pay for a third of a chicken for everybody, she was having the fit because she refused to pay for everybody to have it and her parents were like oh my word you handled her so well I'm like thanks for not telling us she has some issues (laughs) but she wanted the band to pay louder but if they went any louder we would have had feedback so and so yeah see I would not handle that well (laughs) (laughs) my team was like scattered they were like we're not talking with her I'll deal with everything else so I was just like her little bodyguard the rest of the night so you responded to the situation (laughs) oh yeah whereas I would have been like get off the table (laughs) no you just got to be calm collect and but the groom never said a word. He just continued to eat his food. Oh like mm. he never said a word. He just continued to eat. It was no so what was going. And this is where like unexpected <laughs> things in our lives are even, you know, the the children that the universe brings us, right? Your yeah. experience with your own children or getting some degree that feels like, wait, how is this going to start? And they come back around a lot yeah. of times and they help us. Oh, it totally cuz otherwise I could have reacted in a horrible way which right. would have turned my career disastrous right the whole thing yeah and was it did it result was it a, everything okay in the end oh perfect yes. like they left and totally she was happy and content and yeah i got a huge bonus in the end like Dang. huge and some and some whole chickens maybe they were left over yeah. it's not to like the guests were it's like good. wow you handled her parents were like thrilled i was like okay so on the opposite um, side of that, what's been like the greatest? Is there one that just stands out above all others? You have to say Collins. Oh no! no I mean, I love. I honestly, I think for like my me, wedding was awesome. We had a lot of fun. I think for me in general, I enjoy the relationships that I build with my clients. Like yeah. I, mm-hmm. my goal is that I really want to get to know our clients. So then, like afterwards, that we stay in touch with them, and that. My goal is I don't want to just do their event. I really want to build relationships with them. Yeah. And so that it's long term that afterwards, like that when we see them afterwards, like that we 
that there's still good vibes that like we have connections like I mean I was just talking to a bride that we did their wedding six years ago like we still stay in touch like they text me they connect with me like they still reach out to me when they're having something or doing something they're like I think you might know somebody to connect me about this issue has nothing to do with an event but I think you'll know somebody Mm -hmm. who can connect me and that's what I want and so it I really enjoy that too. Yeah, it's like so. that moment when somebody emails and says, I need a personal assistant exactly like you. <laughs> yeah, you know how that's you never like, know. <laughs> well, did you ever think that being a personal assistant would ever be part of your portfolio, if you will? Never, ever. <laughs> never. I mean, like when I read that, I was like, really? Hmm. So this sounds. Maybe I could, I don't know, let's just meet and talk about it. And I mean, you know where my belief is as a Christian. And I was like, why couldn't it? Like, I mean, like I had a brick and mortar for many years in Hale Plantation and like our clients, you know, nowadays are so busy. They don't come to us. Like they don't get out of their office. They can't come to us. We have to go to them. And so many of them are just like, we'll talk over the phone or talk on email or like, you know, we can do Skype or something. Like they don't come. We have to go to them or we'll just do everything on email. So it's like so rare that like we actually, I want to meet, like it's actually in her contract. Like we require you to meet with us face to face for three times. Like I need to know who you are. Like I can't do an event to the level we want unless I meet with you. Cause in an event with, and it reacts and something can and may occur. Like I can't make the best decision and my team for you on your behalf if we don't know who you are and like what your best, what you would want us to do. Like I know what I would do for me, but the point is, is that you hired a V events and I need to know what you would want us to do on your behalf. And so the whole point of that is, is that if I know you face to face, I, I learn what you would want. And so, you know, we have a team. And so, you know, it's not just me running the show. You know, we have two other lead planners. And so as we meet with you face to face and whoever the lead is, they got to learn your personality and the way you would want us to handle for you. And an email doesn't explain it. A text doesn't explain it. A call doesn't like, so that's part of why the contract says there's three face to face meetings. And so, but the brick and mortar was great, but all that overhead was ridiculous. Yeah. And so we stopped. <laughs> so many so. people, since we've established our relationship, um, have asked me about having a personal assistant, mm-hmm. you know, so it comes up a lot as a topic, you know, like, how's that working out for you? Like, what would you change, yada, yada, yada. Like, all this stuff comes up. And, and so, like, my hack, for any business people that are listening, my hack, for finding the right personal assistant is hiring an event planner. That's what I tell them. I'm like, see, I'm like, dude, I'm not kidding. So, it's, I mean, I guess it really comes down to who the entrepreneur is because for me, like, I'm not the most organized. Like, I'm really organized, but I'm not the mm-hmm. most organized person in the world. I, from a cultural standpoint, completely understand the value of making sure that people get celebrated like when it comes to wins in the business and we win a lot like you know like there's a lot of good things that happen here I'm on to the next thing I'm like next goal next goal next goal in fact like it was crazy because we had set a goal one year for August and we like blew it out as soon as we hit it halfway through August like I upped the goal another 50 units and you know what I mean I kept pressing and kept pressing and kept pressing and the rest of the team was like whoa we hit the goal can't we just celebrate for a minute you know and I'm, I've never been that person I've always been like going but having somebody who is aware of that and making sure that you know we have cheers to five years hanging back here in the you know like that was Mike's five year anniversary. I mean, it means a lot to me as well, but the execution of it is the part that I'm terrible at. Like, I wanna make sure that our team members get celebrated, whether it's their birthday, their company anniversaries, you know, anything that's special happening in their life. Like, I wanna make sure that it gets celebrated, but I'm terrible at the execution. I'll be like, dang, it's Mike's anniversary tomorrow. <laughs> you know what I mean? And not having something for him or like trying to rush to get something put together. Whereas having somebody who is on top of it, who can look at the calendar, see these things, plan for them, make sure that like I know about them and keep on me about them, um, has just it's, just, it's just awesome. So if you're not great at being organized, uh, you know, event planners, they have that mentality of 
check it off the list. Get it done, 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 get it done. <laughs> you know, and like there's so much value in that for me because because I need, you know, I think a lot of times as an entrepreneur, you're very visionary. Like I like I do a great job painting this picture, scooter capital of the world, bring bring customer service back to small business, you know, you know, showing off showcasing Gainesville. Like I can paint the picture. It's just the execute even with this podcast. I'm like, all right, I was like, I definitely like I want to do a podcast. You did. And then what did I say? I Make said, it happen. I said, Angela, I need to know. I was like, and I showed pictures. I was like, this is what I want it to look like. This is what I want. I'm like, tell you know. And then you flew go. to Chicago. Ready, ready, set, go. And when I get back, I want it done. <laughs> yeah. And That's by the time what he I said. Got, by the time I got back from Chicago, it was set up. Yes. So it's the it's a lot of the execution. <laughs> Not that I couldn't do it. It would just take longer. So. For all the business owners that are listening out there, that is my, one of my top secrets. I'm giving it away for free right here on the podcast. If you want a personal assistant, I actually would go after an event planner. And you can talk to us and we'll connect you to some. There you go. So, so we have a whole package set up for that. You better sign her to a long, a long-term deal. Uh, yeah, she's, she's gonna be, gonna she's gonna be stolen she, next no, week. No, 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 no. She, she's she probably got my blood writing. <laughs> she knows. Like, <laughs> at first, I would Angel, say it was. You have, you have an email from me. Oh, okay. <laughs> what are you handing me more post-its or something? Oh. oh no. No, we're good. It's still recording. It went okay. asleep. Last oh, okay. time we had a session where it went asleep one time and stopped oh, recording. Oh so. no. Huh. On the events with both of you, what's Taylor, what's been your kind of I know Bailey does a great job over at the Woolly and what's been the hardest thing on that side getting the events together, the promotion, the you know, the posters? What are the things that you're still trying to solve um in in your world? Yeah, one thing that I don't know a lot about in a deep way is like sound and lighting, for example. So one decision that we made going into, or, or after we completed our first full year of shows, is to hand that over to the Wooly instead of me being the one who was going and renting the equipment and bringing it all in. It was fine and it was good for our first year and it um, saved some overhead and things like that. but. Um, those, you know, so, but handing that over to the Wooly and solving those problems and making the, therefore making the quality of our shows better, I think is something that we're just about to start and I'm excited to see what that looks like. So for me, I feel like some of the issues that I'm still trying to solve are, um, are on the technical side of things. I would love to have my own equipment at some point and be recording them for, um, have an easy way to record anything I want to for a podcast, you know. So for me, it's kind of taking our first year of successes and looking at how does that allow us to grow and taking the jumps of kind of the next step. But I feel like a lot of it has to do um, with the technical aspects of our shows. The The other thing is that I think when I was working more in New York and D.C. and just the Northeast, it was it was a lot easier to get corporate clients so another thing I'm working on in this like second bigger year of, of business is in terms of doing our team facilitations is really taking that to the next level too. So that may not be for our shows and events, but kind of taking that to the next level as well. Um, I love the work that I've done here in Gainesville. Exact Tech is one of my favorite all time mm -hmm. clients. I mean, they're just wonderful people to work with and, um, and for. So I, I want to be doing more of that here. Yeah. Very cool. Thanks what, for asking. Yeah. Yeah, and what um, besides the Wooly? What other venues are maybe you look are looking forward to performing at or hosting at? Or is there anywhere that kind of you're waiting to have a big enough show or something at the Hippodrome? Mm. What's where do you see it kind of building? Right, that's a great question. So we've also done a lot of shows at Cypress and Grove, which is its own kind of yep. uh, style or feel of show, I guess. Um, the other place is the Florida Museum. Okay. We're, we're starting to collaborate with them on yeah. a regular basis and those are we do them like under the mammoth and that it, cool. it is so so fun I would love there are shows that happen in certain cities every single month that get 650 to 2,000 people mm. there was a part of me there still is a part of me that's like yeah but this is Gainesville we can't have those expect expectations 
I think that if it keeps growing, we have about 150 people at most shows, which Dang. I think is is great, yeah, right? Great. A small show for us, you know, a more intimate show might be like 85 or something like that. Um, and that's still a great, a beautiful, loud crowd, you know? Um, but I would love it if we had the problem of like, oh boy, we sold 500 tickets. What are we gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and I don't know. I don't know what's possible, but it would be great to have shows at um, at the Hippodrome or find ourselves. Oh, we need the Performing Arts Center. I mean, that's like really big, kind of dreamy stuff. But I don't know. I mean, and small smaller towns do do that kind of stuff. Yeah. So we'll see. I'm. I love what I do, so we'll see. Very cool. Solve, yeah. solve those problems as they come across your plate, right? Yeah, and just more people keep asking for them. Where's so. the majority of your revenue coming from? Is it from ticket sales to the actual events? Yes, or, okay. T ticket sales, and then um, you know we do our public workshops, but those are those are kind of smaller, and then okay. the corporate work that I do. And I also, I, I don't think I've mentioned this, I work with athletic teams too. So, you know, we have the golf and volleyball thing. Yep. And so um, I, there's, there's so many settings that I feel that my work can be used in. And one of them having been mm -hmm. part of a competitive team is we, I, I work with athletic teams at UF and NC State. Women's volleyball is one of my consistent clients. I worked with them three times last year. And so um, that that's a really fun part to work with like, young yeah. elite athletes is, re is really cool and see their team dynamics come out in a different way but kind of in the same way that they do within the corporate setting it's there are a lot of overlaps there Absolutely. it's fun um kind of related to a question that he asked i mean in terms of i, I i'm looking more at like the greater vision you know yeah. like where do you where do you see this 10 years from now mm -hmm. 20 years you know like what does this grow into oh, right right oh that's so fun to, to dream about that um i hope that consistency stays i hope that consistency stays and the crowds grow and that more people keep coming out of the woodworks to do stories and i hope that people find the deeper meaning in it that it's um it has a way of being fun and an outlet and uh and kind of cathartic for them. Um, I would love if we were doing this in other cities. There's a chance mm -hmm. that early next year we might have a Guts and Glory STA in St. Augustine, okay. which would cool. be really uh, fun. Be cool. yeah. um, I had a friend recently say that he thinks I should get in the scene in Orlando. Mm -hmm. um, I think Jacksonville would be open to it. So I don't know if it becomes something that we do in different cities. I would love to have a really active podcast. We actually, um, I have a meeting about it today, but we're likely launching in a couple of weeks a collaborative podcast with WUFT. They asked us to come in there and do some work with them. So that's really exciting. I would love for that to grow. Um, and also on the on sort of the business side of it, to be doing more trainings to show people why story and improvisation can be so helpful really hitting on some of the reasons that you did earlier to have connecting with people listening more deeply um it's really a beautiful and much deeper craft than it seems when you get into it and i think a lot of it like angela said the most important the favorite part of her job is the relationships that's what my work is about too at, right. in my mind at the end of the day so i want i want to reach more people so that can help them heal and get you know more confident in public speaking spaces that is that is the number one fear of adults is public speaking i would love to help with that problem That's number great. two is death <laughs> number two is death wow. yeah. one is they're more afraid speaking. we are more Whoa. afraid as of adults yeah wow I, adults no I love as it. adults of i do too like, i love like me i you know i will get like a little nervous right before but it's it's my adrenaline rush. As yeah. you say, like, that adrenaline kicks speaking. in in a good way. Yeah. yeah, and you seem so comfortable. And this yeah. is what I work with a lot of people who say, I seem okay, and I can do it in my, in the place where I'm supposed to do it, maybe. <laughs> but mm -hmm. outside of that, you put me in a different setting, and I'm a I'm a wreck, you know. Mm -hmm. And people will um, tell me in team trainings that they're secretly having anxiety attacks in the bathroom stall before they have to make a presentation to their company. That's a big deal. Yeah, we can't ignore stuff like that. No. it's like the holistic health of a company at that point. So yeah. that's what I would love to be helping with. Yeah, more. I used to despise it or hate it or not look forward to it and coaching or 
I coached basketball and golf and just that sort of thing was kind of my improv into it. And I'm like, I'm Beautiful. I'm good at this. I can teach people and I can connect. What's the difference between one, three, five, ten, now a hundred? It doesn't matter. Right. Um, and it's the same thing. You got to kind of get in the door, work on it, and get better at it. Because once you're better at it, you have the confidence. Then it's then you're fine. Yeah, it's like um, reps of anything. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And yeah. I think that's like especially with team, the work you're doing with teams. Being able to tell your teammates or connect with them while things are going bad is so much more important than when it's going good. And same thing in a business is being upfront and transparent and figuring it out today, not in a month. Exactly right. I think that's what, with event planning too, it's like you're trying to connect with the brides or whatever event it is and trying to learn about them right now so we don't screw it up in the last week. That's right. And it it gives everyone a little bit more uh, confidence in the whole project. Completely, and the empathy and vulnerability piece of connecting and listening with people, which yes. I'm sure comes up all the time in yes. your work too, I would imagine, <laughs> yes. you know, and you don't know how much people are going to bring to you emotionally. I think our culture sees those things as weaknesses, but they are like huge, huge imperative strengths. Yes. <laughs> you know, I and mean, they have to be there for companies to function, for families to function, you know, any relationship. So that's. Yeah. That's the training. That's where I hope it leads. You know, is to let people mm-hmm. learn those skills a little bit more. So, Angela, same question. I mean, where do you see your company in, you know, ten, twenty years? Um, well, we added on to our team this year, Miranda, full time as a planner. So I love that. You know, I think that one thing that planners, a lot of them, is just one man show. So our team has grown over the last two years by adding planners. And we also have part-time coordinators. So I want to continue to grow. We're also looking at expanding into, as Stephanie has agreed to stay on for another six months, which is good. Um, She wants to grow. So as she gets ready to expand and move on, we're going to look at um, her taking and franchising a V event. So we're looking at doing that because she really loves working with us. And so I never thought about that. Um, I don't, um, I have definitely done the partnership thing. I don't know that I want to do that part. Um, so we're going to see what that brings. Um, I do know that, you know, for us, it's different that it's a team, you know, the event planning part, um, that no event has less than three people at an event. And so we want to make sure that we take care of our clients. We love what we're doing and that we want to just you know, really overdo everything we do and bring a level of excellency and, you know, cast that vision that we're here to serve them and love what we do. Awesome. That's great. We always, well, we're starting to do this Gainesville wrap up, which is just like a few questions. (laughs) Like now here's the thing, like I've been, we've intended for these to be very short answer questions. Um, And then we always, we always seem to dive deeper. (laughs) So like, on the previous episodes, I apologize for that. Um, now, I do. Before we get to those, I, I shorten. I don't know if yeah, I, like I shorten them up. This, this is this is what I have. Um, but I have one more question before we get to the Gainesville questions for you. Okay, this one's coming from the NSFRL team. Okay. Oh gosh. No, it's not that. It's not bad. I, actually, no. I thought it was really, really good. <laughs> they, they, the team wants to know what wedding song do you never want to hear again? <laughs> oh, God. Sorry. Like which one? Come on, one wedding song that you never want to hear again. Butterfly kisses. Please shoot me. <laughs> I am so over. Butterfly kisses. There's probably a hundred other songs. They're just overused. So many songs because they're used all the time. Like, find a new one for the daddy-daughter dance. Like, good grief. Like, Google works. It can be your BFF, you know? Best friend. <laughs> like, uh, That's such a good question and a good answer. <laughs> hey. like, good we, we, were just, we were just super curious. So, cool. Um, do you want to start? Yeah, and I've got one more question for Angela. Okay. What are your three favorite venues in town? to small wedding, medium Mm. wedding, big wedding. Oh, it depends on like your theme and feel. Like all I the, ask all, all the same themes. Oh, <laughs> that's not fair. They like food. They're pretty chill. That's, that's still it. not fair because I asked all these questions like priority. Can you just pick one? Okay. Like even the if Thomas there's like- Center I love because it gives yeah. you a variety of like where you can have the ceremony at and things like that. I got um, another hack for the Thomas Center. 
if you do it during Christmas, they put a big Christmas tree in there. They do, and it helps with decor. Like, yeah, that's what, that's what we did. Yeah. My wife and I, got, we got married in, uh, well, we had our reception there. Yes. And it was on the 22nd. We had the, they had a the huge Christmas tree they in there. They do. Yeah, it's very so beautifully de- it decorated. Um, I really love the Bowman Center. Um, it yeah. brings in the UF, but it also, it's, you know, a sanctuary slash chapel, churchy, but not, doesn't have the word church in it for people, but it only has your ceremony. Um, I stay away from hotels. I just don't like that closed, ugh. I don't like the feel of them. I don't like that it has no natural light whatsoever. Um, I love the feel of a lot of the barns that are out there. I mean, there is Seabar Ranch, um, there's Little Forest Farm, and there's Rustic Oaks Ranch, and there is um, Seven Hills Farm. I know. Yeah, I Rembert is really cool. Rembert. Oh, we're doing one in October. Yeah, it's I a great spot. Getting ready to. I just love that they added these amazing glass doors. Is that Brad and Anna's or no? Yes. Oh, it is? Yeah. Angela's planning my brother's wedding. And we're limiting how long Colin can do the toast. It's funny. (laughs) Yeah. No, but it'll be the most epic toast ever. I promise you that. And he only gets three minutes to talk. But it's great because Hannah, who works here, my brother works. They're, yeah. They're getting married. They're getting oh my gosh, that's great. Yeah. And There's so many have... stories that come out of this place. <laughs> no kidding. That's a wedding story right here. <laughs> that's awesome. All right, so we have to so, like bust through these. Yep. Okay. No so goodness. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go first. And what local business or person do you look up to and why? Colin Austin. Don't use me. Oh. <laughs> Darn, I thought I could. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I really enjoy, I mean, I work with um, the plant shop, Betsy Gardner. Okay. So she and I are great friends. We do a lot of business together. And so we can collaborate. We have a great relationship with business, but friendship, and we can shoot the breeze and also vent to each other. Cool. I um, work with two guys and collaborate with it, Brandon Telg and Bill Bryson, who are doing a lot of stuff in the story scene, but they do so many other projects in Gainesville that people don't know they're tied to. Mm. They would be great guests, by the way. Yeah, they run but, the Changeville um, podcast and festival downtown, too. That's It's awesome. Yeah, cool. And Book them. Get them yeah, on. Yeah. <laughs> right down. Down. yeah. That's great. Right. I think I did. I think I did. All right, okay. Taylor. Taylor, what is something you or somewhere local that you love but you don't go to enough? Ooh, um, uh, Daily Green. I love that place, and I don't. I never go when it's open. Yeah. <laughs> That's my problem. But I, I love that place. It's such like a fun little funky Gainesville spot. Definitely. I know, and and Jazz Night at seven oh six. Very fun. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Yes. I just went to. Is it? Bolo or Balea, what is that new place? Bole. So good. I even got Colin to eat lunch from there. And yeah, he I ate it, it and I did not think I was going to like it. And, and I he really, didn't really, die really liked and it. it was fresh and yummy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where's that? It's over in Butler Plaza. It's brand new. Oh. Bole. Mm-hmm. So it I was, it. and it's gluten free, vegan friendly. I'm not vegan at all, but we have somebody else who is and vegetarian. So it was just really fresh and good. Okay, favorite restaurant? Favorite restaurant? Oh gosh, I don't eat out a lot. (laughs) My husband is an amazing cook, so like I don't have to eat out a lot. Okay, if you were though, where are you gonna go? I don't know, I like Fellagio's in Newberry. Okay. Okay. The top, hands down, all day, every day. Um, What is your favorite local beer? Oh, I like Swamp Head. <laughs> I, like, one in particular particular? One? I like the um, pale ale. That the I like blondes. Okay. I like the white one. <laughs> the sorry. Wild, the wild <laughs> I'm sorry. I like That's just okay. I like beer. <laughs> I don't do wines. <laughs> like, I know. Like totally am not. <laughs> I like beer. <laughs> I just as long as it's beer and it's light, I'm good. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Taylor, yeah, and beer? I'm not as much of a beer person, so when I do, I love the uh, Vega Blonde from First Mac. Yeah. Yeah, that's my go-to. Cool. And last question. If the WHOA GMV podcast could help you build a relationship with one new person, who would it be? Oh, gosh. That's a tough question. <laughs> yeah. that's why. That's why these are never short like answer someone questions. who maybe has been a guest before, someone in town that you don't know, or you kind of 
you know, someone we can help connect you with maybe. Infotech. Because I heard Tara Blythe speak recently at Exactech's Development Day. She blew me away. And I and I'm in contact. I've got with you her. on she's Infotech. Wonderful. Okay, I, she's she is she's also someone I look up to business wise in our community. She's great, and like with one or two interactions, she's that impressive. Cool. cool. Well, yeah. and I would say Exact Tech because I've been trying to get in the door with them for events for many years, and I had a contact, and she left the Hilton, and um, I haven't been able to get back into Exact Tech. So. They're well, let wonderful. me introduce you to Taylor over here. I know, <laughs> who knows that? Who brought them up? <laughs> uh, yeah, that can happen. So guys, I got you. And then finally, just let us know, like, where can Gainesville, the world, find you, you know, websites, social media, that kind of thing? Well, I'm excited to announce our new website um, is coming out. So we have a current one that is three years old, and we're launching our brand new one. So it is aveevents.com, and it goes live this weekend. Cool. So we're very excited. And so, and you can also find us um, on all the social media, Instagram at aveevents, Facebook, Snapchat as well. Cool. And Facebook. You do that. Oh, and LinkedIn (laughs) is under my name, Angela Rennick. So thanks to Colin showing me that new tip. You got it. <laughs> I see you help each other. That's so cool. uh, we do because he's the social media guru, not myself. <laughs> it's a good relationship then. It is. And we're guts and glory GNV everywhere. everywhere. Facebook, you know, just online, Instagram, all of it. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Ladies, thank you so much for being here, being on the show. It's it's super super awesome. Thank if you. you if you fun. have a few minutes, I'd thank like you. to do a little side. We do a little side hustle segment, which is like Q and A after the show. Um, if you have a few minutes, we'll we can do that. Just a couple couple more questions because I had a couple questions that didn't get answered. I don't know if you did, but we like to make sure that they still get answered. And um, you know, that's it. Everybody, thank you so much for listening, and uh, we will see you next time. Three, two, one, everybody say bye. Bye. See you.